Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Opera After Dark. So what is it that we're talking about today? I don't have any idea. Well, today we are talking about a woman that I'm pretty sure no one has ever heard of. Uh, Her name is Rosemary Brown. Do you have any kind of thoughts as to um, who she is and what her role is in in music at large, Kyle? I have no idea, although I'm intrigued by the mention of the Twilight Hour theme. The Twilight well, Zone, me... sorry, Twilight Zone. <laughs> the Twilight Hour. <laughs> let me paint a picture mm-hmm. for you. The year... It's 1923. Oh. Seven plus six is 13, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. 1923, so like roaring 20s. Or were they not roaring yet? No, they were roaring. They were roaring. Nice. Yeah. A little girl sits in her room. Oh, gosh. A little seven-year-old girl. She looks over and she sees a vision. An old man. Long, luxurious, white hair tumbling down his back. You can tell that he used to be real hot. (laughs) (laughs) This was terrifying right until that moment, but still kind of scary. Hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is that actually a part of it? You can tell that he was a a looker? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She does not recognize him. How could you? He's so old. <laughs> <laughs> How could you recognize somebody who's so old and decrepit? <laughs> <laughs> but he says to her kindly, One day, child, I will make you famous. Not creepy at all. Oh, God. <laughs> And so this is the vision according to her. (laughs) And then he vanishes. Vanishes. She has no idea who he was. That young child was Rosemary Brown. (laughs) Do you know what decrepit old ghost was? (laughs) Who was the, was it, uh, who was a really good, was it Franz Liszt? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) I to be honest, I, at first I was like, "Who?" Okay, well-known composer, uh, and I was like Mozart, and I was like, "Oh no, they said it extremely good-looking." And so, the, <laughs> so she was visited by the decrepit ghost old man of Franz Liszt. Yeah, he she told lo- her one day he'd make her famous, make her a famous musician. So by she had no idea music. who he. Oh, wait for it. Maybe. So she had no idea who he was when she when he first appeared to her. Mm-hmm. And then she did not see him again in the same manner. And 10 years-ish later, she came across a portrait of Franz Liszt and was like, huh, that's the ghost that visited me <laughs> as a child. I want to be visited so, by the ghost of Franz Liszt. Right. Mm-hmm. So... In between, in that time period where she didn't realize she had been visited by the ghost of Franz Liszt, 
her family did give her some music lessons. She did play piano. She was not like a virtuosic pianist. Right. She like played like had lessons for like two or three years. Two or three years. <laughs> they the family like, owned an upright piano. She played, it was nothing. Okay. She knew how to play it. She dabbled. Yeah. She dabbled. Yes. She dabbled. She did. And then um she grows up, she gets married. She gets married, she has a few kids. Um and her husband did die when her son and daughter were on the younger side Mm. so he they got married in 1952 and then he died in 1961 Mm -hmm. so they were not married long but um around 1964 apparently the ghost of franz list started to try and communicate with her again oh Mm -hmm. boy through her hands and essentially, she started to write music or transcribe music that the ghost of Franz Liszt was telling her Whoa. to write. The lost music of Liszt. But I guess once Liszt got in there, he opened up the channels. He did. Because it wasn't just Liszt. It was not. Oh, um, Kai, we're going to play a little game. You name a composer and, <laughs> and I'll tell you if Rosemary Brown transcribed music by said composer from, from beyond, beyond the grave okay mozart yes beethoven yes actually his 10th and 11th symphonies oh my gosh are we talking mm-hmm. were, were there any operatic well i guess mozart is an operatic composer what what style of music it's only like classical, classical music. piano music oh piano yeah. music uh chopin yes oh uh, yeah nice um uh schubert Yep. Schumann. Mm-hmm. I believe yes, yeah. I believe so. Um Brahms. Definitely. Yep. Oh my gosh. Uh Haydn. No Haydn. Not listed here. Interesting. Do you want to go down the Thanks. full list? Well, some some people you did not mention. Mm-hmm. Uh JS Bach. Of course. Um Edvard Grieg, Claude Debussy, mm-hmm. um, oh, Rachmaninoff. Ooh, Rachmaninoff would have been should have been a a laugh riot to mm-hmm. for a woman who can't play the piano because right. Rachmaninoff had giant hands. And it wasn't just, um, it wasn't just transcribing pieces as well. Apparently, she communed with Monteverdi. And Ooh. Monteverdi, who, as we know, if you've listened to uh, opera, the origin story, he's pretty important <laughs> in the early days of opera. Um, apparently, she or Monteverdi revealed to her the whereabouts of some of his lost manuscripts. Mm-hmm. And so apparently Monteverdi did write several operas that we don't know about and um he revealed to her the place like where his workspace was and where you could find these manuscripts mm-hmm. um however the building had long been demolished and so we didn't actually <laughs> find them but convenient it is said that that is where where it was so um and similar for schubert i believe that uh schubert told her where some of his lost scores might be found um and apparently she was known to be able to like ask questions to the composers about nice. some of their pieces. And so uh, the conductor 
Colin Davis, who's quite famous, apparently consulted Rosemary Brown in an attempt to correspond with our one of our favorite uh, composers, Hector Berlioz. Oh, nice. Because she didn't want in that brain. Got a lot of questions for him. Colin Davis really wanted to ask some questions about tempos in one of Berlioz's pieces. And so Rosemary Brown was called upon to help with this. And so she said that she would transcribe this music, but also that they would control her hands. Yes. And show them where to go on the keyboard. <laughs> and she was actually filmed by the BBC, I believe, mm-hmm. doing this. So to to prove that it was not just a big hoax, that it was something that she felt was was legitimate, oh and that God. she had no other way of explaining it other Did it than sound good. Well, we can play some things for you because oh, there's some yes. recordings. Yes, in 1970, she put out an album. Yes, oh my gosh, of pieces that had been inspired by is what they I think how they build it. It's called Seance. Ooh, mm-hmm. and she's the one that's playing in the pieces? Yes, I think so. Wow. So let's listen to a little bit. We'll start with some list because he's pretty important. Mm-hmm. And then we'll uh, drop in a couple others for you so you can hear some things that were spoken or revealed to the world today through Rosemary Brown from Beyond. From Beyond. So what was the general perception of all of this? Was this something that was like laughed at in the music community or what? 
Well, out of so when she became famous, musicologists and psychologists started studying her. <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, I think the general consensus was that she really thought that this was happening, and that all of this was sort of a creation of her subconscious. Mm-hmm. And one psychologist said it was like the greatest feat of unconscious, like composition that he had ever mm-hmm. seen in his entire life. So, other there are musicologists that have studied the scores and like done very in depth analysis comparing the works that she transcribed or unconsciously composed against like other works that we know were composed by the composers when they were alive. And so, especially list comparing the works by list to things that were part of his late style and i think it's mostly mystified people because the premise to those especially to people who do not believe in a kind of spiritual realm the premise sounds very ridiculous Mm -hmm. to them but then when they look at the pieces they have a hard time reconciling that a woman who had almost no musical training no compositional training and was not, by all accounts, not a very good pianist, could actually create and write down this music in any other way. And so that has generally mystified people because they, scholars have said that it is not simple, like a simple pastiche of past things, mm-hmm. that there is a lot of original content and original work wow. in these compositions. So um, she was taken I think semi-seriously by a lot of people an opera that I've mentioned on this podcast a bunch is a uh, Victor Uman's Dear Casa von Atlantis mm-hmm. which was found kind of incomplete and she was brought in to consult really on the way that some of the uh, the way the ending needed to be mm-hmm. written so like people brought her in as a legitimate like I guess musicological source which is just so mind-boggling dang <laughs> that's awesome it's like 1975 or something I thought mm-hmm. that because like they found that manuscript in a basement somewhere that somebody had rescued mm-hmm. I thought the direction of this was going to be like you know this was this crazy story and you know it created some buzz for a while but then people dismissed it and then she was kind of a laughing stock but I mean to be certain people there are people then and now that think it's just absolutely bananas mm-hmm. and that she was bonkers and she was kind of made fun of, especially in some of the scholarly communities that mm-hmm. just wanted to completely discount that there was anything anything unique or special about what she did. Right. Right. And but then there's other people that have really taken it very seriously and tried to try to figure out how this was possible. Right. And big name people have agreed to look at the works that she created in a very serious light. Like Leonard Bernstein Mm. studied some of the pieces that she transcribed and um, and came to the conclusion that there was something remarkable about them, even if he couldn't figure out how it was possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Even just to be able something to be able to mimic those composers and such. Uh, apparently on the mark kind of way is mm-hmm. something if if she didn't have any training that's pretty special I mean that's pretty amazing on its own the question is like right. did she have secret training was it all a ruse Ooh. I mean we'll was... never know she passed away oh, in 2001 oh. mm-hmm. well that's very interesting. Maybe one of us will be 
visited by the ghost of Rosemary Brown. No, thank you. <laughs> You're mean, not I, interested? I'm not really interested. I'm in not ghosts. really interested. <laughs> I've also said before that I feel like... Right. As I, a musicologist, as a doctor, <laughs> what are right. your thoughts? So personally, and this comes down to a lot of personal views about the world generally, mm-hmm. but... I do believe in a spiritual realm, but me personally, I have never experienced things that I would classify as being like encounters with the beyond. Mm. Right. I feel like I am personally not attuned to that. And I feel like some people are attuned to that and I am not. And so it's hard for me to wrap my brain around like how that would even be possible because I just feel like I have no personal experience that makes me feel like I could commune with the ghosts of composers. But at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of unexplainable things and I don't know for sure if she was actually communing with the ghost of these composers, with the spirit of the composers, but there's something incredibly special about what she did, even if I can't explain it. So I like to believe that it's possible because it just seems so unexplainable any other way. But all right, but I don't know. Well, we we got to post some of this stuff, and we got to get some listener feedback to hear Please. what people think. Do they think that there's something to it? Do they think it's all a bit hokey? Have they been visited? I'm sure the... by the ghost of a composer, or. If you could be visited by the ghost of a composer, who would you want it to be? Do you guys? Excellent know question. Right. Yes, we all know what your answer is. Jeez. <laughs> it's an excellent question. Elspeth? And also, there's, there hasn't been anybody like her since. Well, I will say that I think the human mind is a vast and wild scape that we have not plumbed the depths of and it's a crazy <laughs> thing and i totally think this agree. whole story about visiting being visited by the ghosts of a bunch of famous composers is total fucking bullshit but. whoa <laughs> to put it bluntly <laughs> but um, if you could then how do you, be then, visited so you think it was like a, a feat of incredible unconscious composing yeah i mean i think that's totally possible right and if if that's the case that's amazing that I is wish amazing that i yeah. could hmm. unconsciously compose something pretty good even if it was just pretty good even if it was average and i think the music that she wrote saying that it was all these other other composers was pretty good Mm -hmm. i think a lot of scholars looked at it and like well it's not like these feats of musical genius but these are pretty good like the skeptics like these are pretty good impressions right of the styles of these various composers which in itself is kind of crazy if we believe the fact that she only took piano for a couple of years mm-hmm. didn't was not like a music scholar didn't inherently like study the different styles of 20 different composer wildly different composers right i don't know man i know it's kind of, i'm i am a canadian who does not want to Offend anyone ever. Offend anyone ever. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I don't want to offend Rosemary Brown. Naomi. Or her, or her family. Posthumously. To say that she was completely crazy. Right. <laughs> she's, she's, I know. I know. But I just feel like I have a hard time believing it because I can't, I can't fathom how that's possible. But my experience is not everybody's. And so I don't know. 
Elspeth, I want to know. I want to know who, which oh. composer you want to be visited by. Ooh. Oh no. Which dead composer you want to be visited which dead by? Dead composer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Leonard Bernstein would be. I knew that's what you were gonna trip. say. Did you? Mm-hmm. I did. I think he'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A wild guy. Kyle, but we know which you? composer, living or dead, you would want to hang out with. Steven Sondheim. Yes. <laughs> um, that's a good question. You know, I'm not sure. I feel like Mozart would be pretty cool. Like, just matter-of-factly. Right. That would be pretty special. I think, in general, it would be fun to hang out with some of, like, the romantic era composers of say like German leader like Schubert and Schumann and those I mean Mm -hmm. they all kind of had their own issues but it seemed like a fun period of you know composing this music and then having like a salon in somebody's home to come together and you know somebody plays on the piano somebody sings and that seems like that would be a cool vibe I wish yeah. There was still, I mean, in other ways that vibe still happens, but with that style of music, I wish that vibe was still happening. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say Mascagni. Um, Ooh. Because then Your we twin. could have like a doppelganger <laughs> moment. Yep. Yeah. Right. We could do the thing where like we think that we're looking in a mirror and like slowly yes. turn your head mm-hmm. and then move quickly, but do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be you great. You have to grow a mustache. You know, I mentioned that recently at a public event um, where it was a screening of uh, Mascagni's notable opera, um, Cavalleria <laughs> of Rusticana. Cavalleria of Rusticana. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the one that he wrote. Oh, you mean Zaza? Right. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, I got a couple of chuckles, but unless you see the picture... It's just yeah, not. I mean, how many people just know automatically <laughs> what Mascagni? You know, okay, looks so like. picture in your head Mascagni, <laughs> right? Then but, without but the mustache, it's also like a very particular picture from his youth. Yep. Too. It's just like this one image of him that every time I see it, I'm like, that looks like Kyle. Should I try to <laughs> recreate it and then post? Oh yes, yes. the doppelganger. Do yes, I think you yes. should definitely. Okay. In the meantime, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I want to know from listeners who which composer would you like to visit you which mm-hmm. ghost yeah which dead composer if right. if you want a live composer to visit you we, you can share that too you can yeah you could probably make that happen i mean also can you like pick the point in their life when they visit you because no. like can we pick like young list i just want to see no. what you know what all the hype was about you have to pick list <laughs> As he died. Ghost <laughs> list. Old Ghost man. List is so old so man we're list. Only, so like the the way they were when they died is how they're going to appear to you. Is that not how it and works? That, I don't know how it works. <laughs> In that scenario, Mozart is great because he's wicked young. That's right. true. Although but he's very like, ill when he died. Yeah, but I feel like Hello, if you get Naomi. to pick how he, like, what point in his life you get to see him, that's just cherry picking and who gives you the authority? <laughs> that know? starts to get kind of creepy too. That's true. That's true. I'd like yeah. to get to list get when saying. he's I would like 25 years old. Was. Right? So then you can be like, I don't know, man. Right. Look at photos of him. 
Yeah. As a young man. But sometimes right. when you see somebody in person, it's different it's from a different seeing thing. a photo. It is a different thing. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. Some people are even more striking in person than they are in photos. Like Jake Gyllenhaal. What? <laughs> I told you guys about I've that. I've never seen him in person, but Kyle has. Yeah. I, w- I don't remember this I went story. to a concert once at Lincoln Center, sitting two seats from Jay- uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. He oh, yeah, there. I do remember the story. Here's old man list. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrifying. I will make you famous. He's, he's easily pictured as a ghost. Like, I feel like yes. if you think of, like, an, an older... A Jacob Marley type situation. Yeah, an older man ghost. That's about what you would picture. I feel yeah. like he's he's Scrooge from, like, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. You mean... But a Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol. Yes, That's right. What they call it in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this I have a doctorate Halloween. in musicology, this not in Halloween. pop culture. She's like, I'm a doctor. <laughs> oh man. Are you gonna say that every time? <laughs> what? Every time you say anything? I'm a doctor. Anybody questions it? I'm a doctor. <laughs> well, I have to be very clear that like. My area of expertise is classical music, not popular culture, because I'm probably the most uneducated in the realm of popular mm-hmm. culture, generally speaking. Yeah, you could remedy. Are you guys still watching? You could remedy at least twenty five percent of that if you would just read and or watch Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. What's wrong with you? I feel like the the moment has passed. It for hasn't me. though. It truly just has not. Just get into it. So many people, most people say that, that if you read it as an adult, it's just like not the same as if you read it for the first time as a if you can. Do you love wonder? Well, who doesn't love wonder? Do you love magic? Magical things, Do sure. you love England? Well, yes. England. England. If you can enjoy Game of Thrones, you can yeah. enjoy Harry Potter. Do you love the eternal fight between good and evil? makes for a good drama <laughs> then what's your problem <laughs> i just i don't know i don't know the first couple of books are not that long and they are very ya and they get more adult as the audience gets older mm. you would read them so quickly right okay all right people they're in my house just read them while you're there <laughs> people we gotta wrap this up all right this is true we are curious to hear about your thoughts on Rosemary Brown yeah. and what dead composer <laughs> you would like to visit you. Mm-hmm. Make sure you find and us on the social media to do that. You can find us on Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram, Opera After Dark. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on Twitter. We're not super active there, but you can find us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you are interested in checking out our merch, go to operaafterdark.com. Please. Also, or you can find us on Patreon if you want to support the podcast. Yes, but don't need another hoodie or another mug. <laughs> but don't you? You do. Who doesn't? I don't mean, you need a tote bag? Gotta show that opera. Mm. That that plastic opera fan is pride. not good for this world. Mm-hmm. Carry a tote bag. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can be back with us next week. And until then, I'm Kyle. I'm Naomi, and I'm Elspeth. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you.